six, five, four, three, two, one. going on everybody welcome into another episode of fantasy football 101 i'm your host jake rip and you are listening to the 101 of fantasy football podcasts joining us as always we have the hall brothers donnie nate what's going on guys doing great i'm real good jake real good i beat the uh the sacco put him down towards Uh, not making the playoffs any week where you beat the sacco as much as he talks shit, is a good week. Nate, would you like to elaborate a little bit on your week in fantasy? No, sir. I would not. Okay, well, right on. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we have you blew it. We have, uh, man, I'm glad I called that guy. And then we're going to go through the waiver priorities. So let's get started with you blew it. This first guy we're going to talk about, I really had no interest in getting into for like the third week in a row, but he leaves me no choice as he lands the goose egg on Sunday. Nelson Aguilar. You blew it! We talked about this guy is, you know, he's going to be the next big thing in Las Vegas, and he's the new number one over Ruggs, over Edwards. Just two targets in this game, no catches against Cleveland. Aguilar hadn't scored less than 12 fantasy points since week three. Was this just a weird game for Nelson Aguilar or an outlier because it was a weird game? Because we've seen Brandon Cooks and Calvin Ridley. They both put up their zeros too. It's going to be more bad than good for this guy. He's a drop guy. I don't think you need to roster him. I think so. Isn't that a shame? Because he was like, he was worth throwing some money at like what? A week mm-hmm. ago, two weeks ago. Uh, like I said, it hasn't been since week three since Aguilar scored less than 12 fantasy points. Like he's been relevant. Over the past few weeks, Donnie, what are you doing with this guy? Are you uh, as quick to drop him as Nate? Or do you think there's still a chance for Aguilar to be something? I don't think he's necessarily a drop candidate. I don't think you could start him, though. If, you know, it's going to be tough to keep him with all the bye weeks and stuff, probably. But if you have a chance, you know, and he's the last spot on your bench, I'd say maybe hold on to him. Um, But for the most part, you know, he's probably a drop in most cases. How about another wide receiver who blew it in week eight? Amari Cooper, just one fantasy point. You blew it! And it looks like Ben DiNucci is clearly not getting it done. DiNucci, Pine Richland's own Ben DiNucci. Shout out to Pine Richland's own Ben DiNucci for the Dallas Cowboys. Leaving Amari Cooper with five targets, one reception for five yards. We've spoken before, more than once rather, on Cooper's tendencies to disappear at random times throughout the season, and this was one of those games. Uh, but luckily for Amari Cooper, sort of luckily, Dalton is expected to return for week nine. I guess luckily would be like Dak is miraculously healed and he's back in the offense and Amari Cooper's a top 10 wide receiver and we're all happy. Amari Cooper was wide receiver seven weeks one through six with Dak Prescott. Rest of the way and not including this game that just happened. Do you think Amari Cooper is over or under wide receiver 17? Not seven like he's been one through six, but rest of the way, is he going to be inside the 17? No. I'm going to say no, Jake. Oh, it's tragic, man. No, I none of them will. I none thought of them will. line to set. So 20? Because that's what I wanted to go with originally. 
No. He's not going to be inside the top 20? I'd say outside top 20. None uh, of them. I would say none of them will be within. Jake, did you watch that game last night, dude? Well, you know what? Andy Dalton might help a little. That, that's the thing. I got to, ex- you know, I think that he's going to be a relatively safe play. Amari Cooper, maybe safe is. He had a decent game with Andy Dalton. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's got to be some sort of upside. And, well, and he had a poop. I think he's a low end. I think he's a low end wide receiver too. But that's top twenty. No, top twenty-four. So he's not twenty, but twenty-three, twenty-five, twenty-five. <laughs> this guy's gonna have be a, uh, a headache on your fantasy team. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on. Last guy we have for you, blew it, Dallas Goddard. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys were as surprised as I was to see Dallas Goddard start this game. I didn't even see before kickoff that Dallas Goddard was in this game. Uh, but I was even more surprised that he started this game, played the full game, and was only able to come down with one reception for 15 yards. Uh, right off the bat, I'm just going to say I view this as an awesome buy-low opportunity for a guy that I think has top five tight end potential, like easy, especially without Zach Ertz in the lineup. With Zach Ertz not only being injured, but when he's been in the game, when he's been starting, he just uh, flat out has not been good. I'm going to chalk up this game that Dallas Goddard just had. It's you know, it's a total anomaly and assume that you know he was coming off an injury and next week, starting potentially next week, we see Dallas Goddard move in, begin his ascension into top five tight end status. Uh, we can break out the worry meter if you guys are worried about Dallas Goddard, but I'll, I'll just get it started and you know get it kicked off by saying I'm going to put him at like a 1.5 on the worry meter. Zero concerns for me on Dallas Goddard. But what are your thoughts on him rest of season with Zach Ertz coming back? And give me your worry meter rating as well. I'll kick it off, Jake. Uh, I'm the same as you. I'm a, I'm at a two. Uh, the only thing slightly higher for me is I still think Carson Wentz looks horrible. Jake, I love what you said about Dallas Goddard being by low. Absolutely in a tight end position that is absolute and total mess right now. Um, he could easily be a top five tight end because really now you take Kittle out, Kelsey, top guy. But after that, who is the next guy? It's probably not Andrews. Waller. It's probably not Waller. Waller did not do good yesterday. It's tough, man. You could throw them all in a hat and just pull anyone out. So why can't he move into that top five potential? He's definitely by low. Uh, if he's out there and, and the guy's willing to talk on him, go get him. Nate, do you think this was just a weak game because he was coming back off of injury? What do you expect from Goddard rest of the season? <laughs> I, I don't expect much. Oh, you guys are wow! Yeah. For a, a hot take, this show starting to snooze over here. Why don't you expect Dallas Goddard to be good? All right, sure. I, everyone, wake up! I know we All probably right, yeah, have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perk up, perk up. Listen, listen. People zone out after 15 seconds. It's known. It's a, it's a, it's a fact that you only hold someone's attention span for 15 seconds. So reset that attention span and listen to what I'm about to say about Dallas Goddard. Number one. Donnie said that Carson Lentz looked horrible. That put him at a level two worry meter. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump him up to a level three. Travis Fulgham has arrived. He is a better pass catcher and looks really good in this offense. Number four, this offensive line does not look good. They're gonna need to te- keep him in to block more um, for Carson Wentz to get longer passes off. And number five, this team just doesn't look too good. I'm gonna worry level number five for oh. Dallas Goddard, which is to say. Uh, being a top five tight end in this league is super easy in terms of fantasy. So yes, he could be a top five tight end. Uh, it's really easy, uh, but he's not going to be 2018 Zach Ertz. 
your worry meter again we spoke about we we might need to go get that thing calibrated because i spoke to you i think last week and your worry meter on johnny smith was like what in the twos threes yeah 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 yeah. i get a double check on that maybe see if it's still working yeah 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 um yeah it's 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 bumped up another level uh, so we'll put John who at a four. Okay, so that that's perfect because that was leading me into my next question. Rest of season, Dallas mm-hmm. daughter, Johnny Smith. I it's shitty, but I'd probably go Goddard. D Hall, where do you stand on that? I'd go Goddard as well. Okay. Like me talking down on Goddard is not to say that he won't be a good option. It's just to say that he won't be 2018 Zach Ertz uh beast mode. I don't think he has to be to Get B a buy low in a tight end position that is so terrible. You don't have to be Zach Ertz of 2018. You could be Eric Ebron and catch 15 touchdowns. Yeah, if you can just get that Dallas, if you can just get the Dallas Goddard owner to believe, like, oh look, he was in there without Zach Ertz in the lineup, and he caught one ball. He sucks. Do you want to dump him off now? Act like you're doing him a favor. You know, you all know the tricks. Yep, the snake moves. Tricks of the trade. (laughs) <laughs> all right, that's all we got for you, Blewett. Let's move on to, man, I'm glad I called that guy and talk about some of the guys who had a nice performance in week eight. We'll get started with Giovanni Bernard, 21 fantasy points in this matchup. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. And isn't this guy just the epitome of what you want from your handcuffed running backs? Guys like him, uh, Mike Davis, Latavius Murray, uh, Tony Pollard, guys that you can just count on to come in and not miss a step. Uh, All these guys continue to make the case for why it might not be in the best interest of NFL franchises to give these enormous chunks of their salary cap to running backs you could go on and look at the the seattle situation where they just had dj dallas come in and he was just as effective as anyone chris carson was one of those guys thomas rawls thomas rawls oh R. my god, god. r.i.p thomas rawls thomas rawls <laughs> we, we probably don't have to spend too much time on geo given that the Bengals are heading into a bye week and they're expecting joe mixon to return after that in week 10 uh, but I'm going to ask you guys if you think Geo is worth rostering if you aren't the Mixon owner. And on the flip side of the coin, if you are the Mixon owner, Donnie, would you be willing to drop him uh, if, if there was someone else came up on waivers that caught your eye? I would be willing to drop him, Jake. This week uh, at a bye week, you know, more than likely no one's going to pick him up because there's a ton of bye weeks across your league right now. Um, so no one can really add a backup running back during a bye week. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I wouldn't be willing to drop him. But talking about Geo, this guy really, if you look at his numbers, he's fantastic when Mixon has not played. So being a Mixon owner, you know, I really didn't have any worries whenever I scooped up Geo and I said, well, if Geo plays, he's going to get all the touches, which that didn't be the case. That didn't come out to be the case uh, on Sunday, but he had a lot of the touches and he scores two touchdowns and was effective all over the place. He is a handcuff, you know, that's really, really good. And, you know, if there were ever a situation, knock on wood, where Mixon were to go down long-term, he's a bit everything you got fab kind of guy. Yeah, no kidding. He's every bit as good as Joe Mixon has been in the lineup. And you could argue maybe even a smidge better from from a producing standpoint. Nate, what do you think? If you ever saw Gio on waivers, is he worth grabbing? I know you don't have Joe Mixon on your roster, but I mean, that upside that's there, is it it worth putting on your team? Oh, man. I don't know. He's in that group of handcuffs that you could just go for. I would rather just go get my handcuff than have someone else's handcuff. That's good advice. 
And let's move on then. No more Giovanni Bernard. We're going to go on to another very, very exciting player. I just realized the three names I threw down here are very underwhelming. But guys, remember when Corey Davis was a huge name and he wasn't underwhelming at all and he was the top wide receiver prospect, the best we've seen since who knows who. Uh, but 10 targets, 8 receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. I didn't do any research on this, but I'm assuming this has to be like a career year that Corey Davis is having right now with Tennessee. He's averaging the 14th most fantasy points per game among wide receivers. We're halfway now through the season. Uh, and I've completely turned a blind eye to Corey Davis, or at least his early season success, on account of AJ Brown missing some time. You know, he he's out for he was out for like three weeks. Corey Davis was balling out, and I just assumed that as soon as AJ Brown was back at full time, we'd see Corey Davis go right back to being irrelevant. This is still a run first offense in Tennessee, but do you guys think that there's room for Tannehill to support both AJ Brown and Corey Davis as let's say top? 30 wide receivers in fantasy football because i think we all know aj brown can crest that but can he uh can Corey davis sneak in there too Corey davis is this year's Devonte parker oh i like that i like that and people were wondering if that may, might be the uh might be the case for Corey davis this year if we could finally see the what fifth year breakout yeah he's this year's Devonte parker another same guy Devonte parker was highly touted out of college out of louisville university Corey davis might be the exact same situation you know, we're we're all pretty much pro Tannehill on this podcast. The, the dude gets it done, whether or not it's uh, because of Henry or not, he gets it done. And he's really um, spreading the ball around. Listen, we're talking about three different solid pieces that we've brought up in this podcast already, that being Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, and uh, A.J. Brown. So why are they all relevant? Because Ryan Tannehill has been really good. Definitely he can support him, and I think he could be a wide receiver three. I think he is a wide receiver three as we're talking right now. What do you think, Nate? Top 30, can Corey Davis get it done? Or rather, can Ryan Tannehill get it done? I'm going to say yes, he can. One thing I just want to quickly note, Jake, is uh, your timeline between A.J. Brown and Corey Davis is a bit messy because of all their COVID situation. Corey Davis, I think, was out two games due to having – he actually had COVID. That's right. Um, so maybe it's not a career year for him. Um, his rookie year might have better stats just because of the COVID misses. But if you're looking points per started game, then yes, absolutely. He's doing great. Corey Davis, top 30. It's tough. Ran it. Tannehill was very efficient, but he doesn't get a lot. He doesn't throw a lot. Um, he is a very, I think he's typically within under 25 pass, uh, pass completions, probably under 30 pass attempts a game. That's yeah. not a lot of volume, not a lot of air yards to go off of. He's very efficient in red zone. Uh, that's why he's a great fantasy asset is because he gets a lot of touchdowns, which if Corey Davis is catching touchdowns, then absolutely he can be top 30. But it's a tougher feat than Donnie, I think, makes it out to be because Tannehill doesn't throw a lot of volume. That's what this Tennessee offense is. They run yeah. the ball. That's why I was so, I guess I'll just say, out on A.J. Brown going into the draft season this year because, I, you know, where he was being taken, the guys that were all going in that range, you know, there were guys who were on better offenses who throw the ball a ton. And AJ Brown, if they're if he's going to play on a team that's only going to throw the ball once in a blue moon, then you know what is that ceiling actually going to be? But here I am uh, eating my own words as AJ Brown is torching NFL defenses, and even Corey Davis is remaining relevant. So yeah, and really quickly, Jake, and even you know where he was going, he was going around the DK Metcalf range, and who AJ? You know, the, yeah, um, yeah, and the and the Calvin Ridley. There was a lot of really good picks. In those in those uh, wide receiver groupings, where the top five, 
you know, kind of busty. You, you know, Adams has been great when he's been in the lineup. Michael Thomas has been out. Tyreek Hill has been back and forth. Um, he's always back and forth. Correct. But I'm just saying it, it's uh, it's interesting how you look back and everything. Julio's got hurt. Yeah, Julio um, got hurt as well. So And Kenny G just went out ir so it's he hasn't done much either. It, uh, it might be something you know we sneak up into when we go into draft season next year to kind of see some trends. The last guy we got here on man, I'm glad I called that guy DJ Dallas. And good for you if you did call this guy because this was a little bit of a sneakier start. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. But without Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde able to go in this game, DJ Dallas got all the opportunity against that San Francisco defense, and he made the most of it. Uh, nothing crazy on the stat line, 18 attempts, 41 yards and a touchdown, but also caught a touchdown receiving five receptions for 17 yards. I spoke earlier about how uh, Seattle might just be the best team at working that running back carousel and not having to use high draft capital or spend big money on a running back. Could you imagine if they did, though, like how how crazy would it be if Travis Etienne from Clemson or Najee Harris from Alabama ends up going to to Seattle next year. If guys like DJ Dallas are able to ball out like this, I mean, is this going to be the last time we see DJ Dallas for a while? Is he anything beyond a bench stash in Dynasty? RIP uh, DJ Dallas 2020 redraft? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just want to take a quick victory lap here and say that I flexed him in Dynasty this week. And I. Oh, wow. Yeah. Paid off dearly for me. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. Now nah, you pretty much covered it, man. It's just it just goes to show you that NFL running backs they're not supposed to be paid that much money. Uh, this dude put up exactly the same stat line that Chris Carson would have put up in this game. Yeah, exactly yeah, Nate, the same. You're right, Nate. 100. I mean, they do it like Jake said. They they do it the best. There's the reason why. You know, they were talking about last night. They have whatever they paid Zeke Elliott ninety million dollars. Yeah, it's stupid. I'm not saying he's not worth it, but man, but, but could Tony that really hamstrings the rest of your team? Yeah, and you know how good put the money towards a line. How yeah. good would Tony Pollard be in that offense? Like you could argue, maybe just as good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on then. We'll talk about some guys that are uh, going to be prioritized for waivers in week. Nine. I can't believe we're at week nine already, boys. Where's the time go? Halfway Ooh. through, man. Wide. Over halfway over, through. Over. I think the number one waiver priority this week is probably going to be Jordan Wilkins of the Indianapolis Colts. And if you haven't followed up on the Jonathan Taylor news, this stat line would probably be terrifying to the Jonathan Taylor owner. Uh, 20 attempts, 89 yards, and a touchdown. One catch for 24 yards for Jordan Wilkins. Jonathan Taylor sees just 11 attempts and 22 yards. Now, the last I heard, Frank Reich did admit to Jonathan Taylor dealing with a bit of an ankle Every injury. Every time with this guy, man. Quote, unquote, a bit of an ankle injury. There's always an excuse. And always an excuse with Jonathan Taylor. I'm sick of it. I would. this crap. I would Dude's run. not good right now. Let's just face it. He's not good. I would run with that narrative of the ankle. That would be great for me. But he claims in that same quote to have not known about the ankle injury until after the game. So what that means is Jordan Wilkins is for some reason getting 20 attempts to Jonathan Taylor's 11 attempts, and Frank Reich thinks that Jonathan Taylor is 100% healthy, or at least that's how I Exactly, perceive. so it's bullcrap. 
It, it is bull crap. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why anyone in their right mind would do that. But here we are. We're playing fantasy football, and Jordan Wilkins is getting 20 touches in the in, in the Indianapolis Colts offense. So I, so, I mean, what are we spending on fab for Jordan Wilkins? Because is this going to be a timeshare, a 50-50 timeshare the rest of the way? Say it ain't so, Nate Hall. It's a timeshare. If they didn't... God, oh my God! If they gave, if they didn't let Jonathan Taylor become the bell cow, why is Jordan Wilkins going to get it? That's what I'm saying. How, how many times has Taylor hit 20 attempts this year? Has he has he hit 20 attempts? No, no, no. It's always been sub 20. And Jordan Wilkins has 20 attempts in this game. That is unbelievable. But, but, but okay, all right. So um, we saw this one. Marlon Mack went down, and Taylor picked up the uh, Taylor picked up the ball. Right? I think he might have had over 20 that game. Um, so maybe that was just like the pro, like kind of same narrative, different game. Taylor goes out and Wilkins gets that spot. Uh, I think it's the time. All show, right, man. all right, all right. Dare I say it? Jonathan okay. Taylor is still a buy buy low. Whoa! I, I, you know, Johnny, that's actually that's a good take. I, I okay. So listen, this is for someone who's in a a situation where they're five and two, six and two, seven and one. Okay. You might have to take a week where you're going to be like, oh, shit. So he plays Baltimore coming up. You can sell the narrative. He's done. Go to the owner. You have Baltimore coming up. He just gave you a four-point game. He got out-touched by Wilkins, yada, yada, feeding him the line. Then coming after that, listen to this schedule for this guy. Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, week one of the playoffs, Houston. Week two of the playoffs, Las Vegas. Week three of the playoffs, Houston. Wait, what happened? I thought didn't he didn't he have Pittsburgh? Oh, week sixteen's Pittsburgh at the end. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I didn't scroll down far enough. But listen, that schedule is absolutely incredible. He's definitely still a buy low. If if you can get someone, if he can go back to form, get twenty touches, and you can get him for a low end RB two, which you can sell him for that. He's still a buy low. I just went out and made a trade offer for Jonathan Taylor. As you. That's right, man. Well, well then we need some context here. What did you offer? Should I? Uh, fuck. He's probably not gonna take it. Uh, I I offered AJ uh, Zeke for AJ Brown and, th- and Jonathan Taylor. So who knows? I know he loves AJ Brown, so you're struggling on that one. I, I just want AJ Brown to Tannehill. It's a good offer. It's a good offer. Thanks, Jay. I think you might have to add a little bit to that, but well, well, we'll start start low. Yeah, tree yeah, talks. I'll throw. I'll throw. Good luck in texting seat. you back. You won't get no answer till tomorrow. Trust me. I don't think either of you guys told me how much you'd spend on Wilkins for Fab. Ten percent. Five dollars. Okay, I'll sit somewhere right in the middle there. Seven, Actually, ten percent. No, I would go five percent of my salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now seven or eight feels generous, but <laughs> if he gets carries down the road, then there, you know, there could be something there with Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, maybe. Let's move on here. Another guy, I don't know if he's owned in your league, but he's 24% owned on Yahoo.com. That is Jalen Rager. Six targets, three receptions, just 16 yards, but he did find the end zone in week eight. It's not an amazing stat line in his return from the IR, but he came back earlier than we were all expecting. They're still not at full health in the Eagles offense. I'm just such a fan of the Jalen Rager talent that I think he's worth throwing a couple bucks at on waivers. Uh, coming off their bye week, the Eagles play the Giants, the Browns, and the Seahawks all consecutively. They're all beautiful matchups. And I think Jalen Rager has top 20 wide receiver in his range of outcomes for every single one of those games. Guys, give me your thoughts on Jalen Rager rest of season. 
Uh, this is tough, man. He's almost a worse Corey Davis to me. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I, I really like Travis Fulgham, man. He looks tough out there. I think he's the one. Uh, I think Rager is going to be battling to be the two. And frankly, I don't think Carson Wentz can support them both. Jake, I think you're grasping at uh, pipe dreams here on Jalen Rager, dude. Uh, listen, I, listen, I didn't say I love Jalen Rager. I just said I stashed him on my bench. I, I did say I love his talent. You're right. I said that a second ago. Well, talent's great. Talent's great. Not going to lie. I just yeah. think opportunity with Carson Wentz doesn't look good enough. And, and Fulgham's demanding the target share right now. Uh, I have to agree with Nate. He's definitely worth the stash, you know, but we had to realize what Fulgham's doing. Uh, you know, I certainly was a believer in Fulgham, but over the last three weeks, he's certainly proved me wrong. He looks fantastic in that wide receiver one role. You had to show the guys some respect. Um, and, and as far as Jalen Rager goes, I think he is an awesome, awesome, awesome dynasty asset. But as far as redraft goes, I'm not there yet with him. He's got to do a little bit more for me. Dynasty, who would you rather have, Ayuk or Rager? Ooh, nice question, Nate. Nice question. Ayuk, I think. Rager, just because Wentz is better, but not by much at all. I think I'd go Ayuk. San Francisco might have another quarterback as soon as – well, they will have a new quarterback next week. But I'm just saying – Talking about a lot of dead cap money if they do that, bro. A lot of dead Well, I mean, by, by default, he's going to be on the IR, so they're going to have a different quarterback. But going forward. Oh, I, thought, yeah, I thought you were talking about long-term. Yeah, I mean, long-term for Dynasty, too. Who knows what's, what they uh, who's going to be under center for the San Francisco 49ers. But that's the fun of Dynasty. Absolutely. Let's talk about a few running backs who may or may not be available on your waivers and get started with Damian Harris, 47% owned on Yahoo.com. 16 attempts, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and like Corey Davis, who we talked about earlier, I feel like it's time that we maybe start showing Damian Harris like a little, maybe just a little respect. He's owned, like I said, in just under half of Yahoo leagues. What are you willing to pay if you're a running back needy team right now in fab for Damian Harris? It's so tough, man, because when they get down to the red zone, he's really not, doesn't have a chance to get the ball to score um, touchdowns because that's all Cam Newton, right? And it just doesn't make sense. Um, to give the ball to Damian Harris down there when you have Cam Newton, who's so efficient at the goal line. Damian Harris, it's tough, man. Uh, you, you see stuff like this from the Patriots backfield all the time, right? And you can almost never peg it. Uh, I guess we've had we've seen two high carry count games for Damian Harris, which is which is positive in his direction. But I'm going to go ahead and say I would rather claim this next guy. Ooh, oh, a cliffhanger! Hold on, maybe we should just pause it now for like thirty seconds. <laughs> People will turn us off or get in a car wreck trying to check their phone. Yeah, what's up with my audio? Now let's move on now. Uh, how about Zach Moss? He saw the same amount of carries in this game as Devin Singletary, but more importantly, they deferred to Zach Moss in the red zone. 14 attempts, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. Moss is owned in just over half of Yahoo leagues. Who do you guys prefer rest of the season? I guess Nate knows, or I guess I know what Nate prefers but uh donnie damian harris or zach moss zach moss and it's sure. not close and it's and not close not close it's not close. close this guy's my number one waiver pickup Ooh, i mean he is on the over half of leagues but oh, true 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 but he's there in our league you watch this dude play he has pep in his step he looks like a great running back he's big he makes moves he he pushes forward, runs downhill. It's everything you want to see uh, where Singletary had a decent game, but I still think he's looking sluggish out there. 
where Zach Moss moves this offense forward, scores you touchdowns. I like him a lot moving forward. Yeah, it's all the, all about that opportunity, and that's that's always been the narrative with Moss coming into the season. It was like if they just give him those goal line touches, he can be so valuable for fantasy football, and that looks like the direction that Buffalo is trending. One last guy I want to talk about on waivers, Gus Edwards. He's 30% owned in Yahoo leagues. I've mentioned before that I think this guy should have a starting job in the NFL. Absolutely. He gets it done in this game against the Steelers. 16 attempts. Gus? Gus. Bus? Okay, Gus. 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 Bus. Gus Edwards, 16 attempts, 87 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know why Dobbins is 70% owned and Gus Edwards is 30% owned. That makes zero sense to me. Uh, but anyways, Mark Ingram might not be ready to return this week against the cold. How much fab are you guys willing to spend on Gus Edwards, who looks like he's going to be every bit as valuable as J.K. Dobbins in this committee? Uh, I would spend a lot, Jake. I think that, you know, with Gus Edwards, I've always really liked J- Gus Edwards. The reason why he's so much less owned than J.K. Dobbins is because J.K. Dobbins is the rookie with the hype machine from Ohio State, yada, yada, yada. I agree, Jake. I think Gus Edwards is going to be just as good, if not better. The reason why J.K. Dobbins went crazy is because Gus Edwards got hurt and was on the sidelines for half of that second half. Gus Edwards is going to be great, man, as long as uh, Ingram's out. And I think that Ingram shuffles down to the third de- the third running back in that list and it you know, kind of reshuffles up. So I would probably go 15% of my fab on Gus Edwards. I think we're going to see a split backfield here. Do you burn a number one prior- waiver priority on Gus Edwards? No, 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 no. You want to burn your one number one on a, on a short thing. Yeah. You still have the Yeah, if if someone goes down for the rest of the season, you want to burn it on on the backup. Let's wrap up this show with the golden question that everyone in fantasy football is wondering. Rest of season, guys, what are we doing? Jake Lutton or Nick Mullins? Jake Lutton. Nick Mullins, and it's not close. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, man. I was just kidding. I like Jake Lutton. That's funny name. We'll catch you guys in a couple days for starts and sits. Until next time, go follow Don. I keep saying go follow. Crap. Go listen to Donnie's podcast. Go listen to his podcast. That's Near Falls with T Hall on Apple, on Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. And go follow Nate Hall on Twitter. He's the Hall Monitor. How do you spell it, Nate? D A H A L L M O N I T L. We'll be back in a couple days. Catch you later. Later. Happy football.